Welcome back to Fabulous Folklore with Icy. I'm your host, Icy Sedgwick, folklore blogger extraordinaire. This week we're going to have a look at snowdrops because it's that time of the year where they're appearing in the Northern Hemisphere. And seeing snowdrops is kind of one of the signs that spring's finally on the way, although they're very well named at the moment in the UK because we've had quite a lot of snow. So the snowdrops that we have had out are really, they're doing their job and bursting free like little flowery xenomorphs. They are so named for their appearance soon after or during the January snow. Weirdly enough, they're such a collectible flower that some people are actually called galanthophiles because they love snowdrops so much, which is a bit weird, but let's be honest, it's not the strangest thing that you could fetishise. Now, I'm talking about British folklore because I'm in Britain, but snowdrops aren't actually a native species. They come from southern Europe and they only actually came to Britain in the late 16th century. Obviously, I'm saying they only came to Britain. I'm assuming someone brought them over and it took them nearly two centuries to actually become a wild plant here. They are quite prolific now, though you do see them in quite a lot of parks and and so forth. But they're also very helpful little flowers. They they grow from bulbs, much like um, tulips and bluebells and those kind of flowers and the bulbs are a source of galanthamine which is an alkaloid and that has actually been proven to help manage alzheimer's so that's nice of them we had the festival of imbolc otherwise known as candlemas on saturday and that's the traditional time for snowdrops to bloom obviously this year i saw them maybe two weeks ago in my next door neighbor's garden so they were a little bit early but They've had a good couple of weeks to get used to being out before the snow came. Now, their Latin name is Galanthus, or milk flower. And according to V.C. Sinden, the first reference to flowers that sound like snowdrops actually appears in print in Britain in 1597. And in this case, they were called timely flowering bulbous violets, which I think is quite a cool name, although obviously harder to say than snowdrops. That being said, the drop part of snowdrop doesn't actually refer to a drop of snow, as you might imagine. It actually refers to its shape. So people believe that they were the shape of an eardrop, which is what we would call an earring. But I think snow earrings sounds a bit weird. Sindon also notes that some people believe that snowdrops hang their heads because they're shy, which is cute, but it's also not true. Instead, they've got quite dusty pollen and that can only attract uh, winter insects if it's kept dry. So obviously having a plant that hangs means that water is less likely to get into it. Some people call snowdrops candlemas bells because they're supposed to bloom at candlemas. They're also called dewdrops, death flower, eve's tear, february fair maids and mary's tapers. Kate Spicer points out that that little leaf at the top of the stem is what helps them push through the layers of snow because it's a little bit harder and that's why they're also called snow piercer. Personally, I've only ever actually heard them referred to as snowdrops, but some of those names, like Death Flower, are actually quite cool. So, on to the folklore, because that is, after all, why we're here. So, according to one legend, the snowdrop actually dates all the way back to the Garden of Eden, and after God banished Adam and Eve, Eve got really bored with the endless winters. So, an angel felt sorry for her, and came along and turned some of the snowflakes into snowdrops, which proved to Eve that winter doesn't last forever. And after this story, they came to symbolise hope because of the first flowers that appear after the winter snows. Obviously, in the UK, they appear before the winter snows, so we like to get things backwards. Kate Spicer also relates a German legend, and this is when God must have still been in the process of creating things and asked the flowers of earth to give some of their colours to the snow. The flowers all refused, but the snow dropped quite happily, gave its colour 
to the snow. So in return, the snowdrop got to bloom before the other flowers. I'll be honest, I prefer that legend, but it also means that at least there's pollen available for the pollinators um, because there's less competition for the snowdrops. There's a Romanian tale that V.C. Sindon retells, and in this, the sun reappears every spring to warm the earth and takes the form of a beautiful maiden. One year, Winter decides he's taken a fancy to her, so he kidnaps her and keeps her prisoner. So without the sun to warm the earth, the world basically falls into eternal winter. This being a folktale, a hero finds the prison and battles winter. While he manages to set the sun free, his wounds overcome him, but when he falls down, his blood melts the snow, and snowdrops grow out of these droplets of blood. So a lot of these legends help to explain the link with hope and the snowdrop, and snowdrops even appear in the Victorian language of flowers. So if you've got a fancy for someone and you want to know if there's a hope for a future together, Rather than just asking them, you can send them a posy of snowdrops and find out. Now, if you've seen Stardust or read the book by Neil Gaiman, then you'll remember there's a little glass snowdrop that Tristan ends up with, which brings him luck. And it also prevents witches from harming him. For other people, wearing a snowdrop in this way also helps to keep your thoughts pure. So you do have to wonder how these flowers then became associated with death as well as hope. So for some people, the link started with monks, and they're the ones who brought the plant to the British Isles. And planting it in monastery gardens, for some people, gave it the Death Snowdrop Association. I think it's probably more likely because the Victorians used to plant snowdrops on graves. And Vivian A. Rich notes that, quote, it was considered the epitome of good taste to edge the grave in blue cellars with snowdrops planted on the grave, end quote. So here, the profusion of snowdrops in graveyards might help to explain why people saw snowdrops and thought of death. Because of this, people do consider it bad luck to bring them indoors. For Roy Vickery, the flower, the way it hangs, sort of resembles a funeral shroud, and he thinks that that might explain the association between snowdrops and death. And for some people, even just touching a snowdrop was considered bad luck. And for that reason, people just didn't take snowdrops into hospitals. But, you know, folklore's quite contradictory, so it's not all bad. And Margaret Baker notes that people actually took snowdrops into the houses in Shropshire and Herefordshire to cleanse them. She also notes, though, that bringing flowers inside while hens are sitting on eggs means the eggs won't hatch. And if you pick the flowers in Sussex, you'll get thin milk and colourless butter. So I think the, the moral of the story is basically just leave snowdrops where they are. I really like snowdrops, and I think that they're really really pretty and it always cheers me up to see them just gently waving in someone's garden but don't forget obviously Candlemas was Saturday so by the time you hear this basically we're now at the official end of Christmas so if you still got any decorations down you really need to take them down now so bear that in mind if you enjoyed this episode hopefully you like next week's where we're going to have a look at the folklore of roses because obviously Valentine's Day is coming up and I can't believe that I haven't actually featured roses on my blog so far considering you know how quintessentially English they are if you enjoyed this episode or enjoy this podcast indeed please leave me a review on iTunes because it basically means that Apple's more likely to recommend it to people and feel free to send me any suggestions for other things that you'd like me to cover in future. If you would like to read the accompanying blog post, it's at www.icysedgwick.com forward slash snowdrops hyphen folklore and there's some pictures and stuff as always because I do love me pictures and you can also leave a comment there and tell me what you'd like me to cover in future episodes. So without any further ado, that's the end of this week's episode and I'll see you next week. Cheerio!